The year is 1990, and a gallon of gas costs $1.34. The Prime Minister of Canada is Brian Mulroney, and the President of the United States is George H.W. Bush. The first full-length episode of The Simpsons airs on Fox for the first time, and NASA launches the Hubble Space Telescope. The highest-grossing movies of the year include Ghost, Home Alone, Back to the Future Part 3, and the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Yes, that's right. The Ninja Turtles made the top 10 list in 1990. This week, we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, and we watched its two sequels. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bottom of the bin. Welcome to a very special episode of Bomb of the Bin. Uh, my name is Matt. Hello, my name is Ben. And we just watched the entire Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy. We sure did in one day, which kind of killed my yeah. brain <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Although I'll say the one that I was actually paying the most attention to was the third one but i think it's because also just proactively i was like okay i need to clear my head before i start this movie so like i went for a walk and just kind of like because like okay you contemplated your existence (laughs) i literally went for a walk through the woods to get ready for (laughs) teenage mutant ninja turtles i just don't know how i can continue i just don't know how i can how i can move on past that movie it's only gonna get worse they keep telling me it's gonna get better but it just keeps getting worse (laughs) Um, no, no, this is, um, I think a lot of people agree that this is a textbook case of sequelitis, like, it'll just get worse and worse as the trilogy goes on. Well, well um, the first one was made in I 90, have... like 1990, and then the second one in 1991, so, like, they don't even, like, have a year in between. The third one was 93, so there was at least 92 was a year of peace where there wasn't a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but... It was like they didn't have much time in between. It was like like the movies are. They're just like, go, go, go. We got to get another one out. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. That's a great song. (laughs) It's about going, and it's about ninjas, and it's about ninjas going. For four minutes, they're just like, go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. And the piece de resistance (laughs) is that's done by Vanilla Ice, an icon of the 90s. And the the film just stops like dead in its tracks, and and he just out of nowhere has this song. <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves, anyway. Yeah, we're, um, we're not even at the. We haven't even got to the first one yet, and we're already talking about the second and third. Yeah, well, those are. I think those are the more interesting ones to talk about and and rib on. That's true because um, I'm looking at my notes uh, for the first one, and I see laughable opening, and I genuinely don't remember <laughs> what the opening was that I said was laughable. And I watched it this morning. I I had already seen the the first one um, years ago. And why? Yeah. Why would I have seen? Because because everybody says that's like the best Ninja Turtles movie. Really? I was just out of curiosity. I guess it's a low bar. <laughs> well, let me let me put it to you this way, Ben. It's um, there's a lot of people that that hold this movie to a nostalgic uh, on a nostalgic pedestal. 
and those people do not have social lives. And um, for many, it's it's comparable to Space Jam, which we've discussed before, is an objectively incredible film. It's garbage. This was this is the part where you sarcastically say, "Oh yes, it is a great." Oh, all right, that bit's destroyed. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what? Um, I I I didn't have any real attachment to Ninja Turtles um, growing up. See, and... my thing is, I did, but like my Ninja Turtles was the early two thousands, like TMNT, which is probably like okay, not like the is I... that the, the the movie? Yeah. And I want to say Chris Evans voices Casey. Yeah, it's like CG animation. I, um, yeah, it looks. It gives me like Clone Wars vibes with its like very stilted animation. Yeah, like I I remember renting that from Blockbuster, but um, yeah, I don't. Oh, Blockbuster. I didn't have. Any We're tapping into a whole era there. <laughs> I'm. I was never like a nerd about Ninja Turtles, which I'm kind of thankful for. Nah, because. It's called the <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So people are like, it's supposed to yep. be dark and a twisted story. I'm like, it's about teenage mutant ninja turtles who live in a sewer and eat pizza. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, the original comic is Here we go. way different from uh, what a lot of people know the turtles for, like eating pizza, like bodacious, like, like Bill and Ted, but... <laughs> but reptiles um, with the, the original, it was a lot more violent and, uh, and dark. And I think that's part of the appeal that people see with this first one is that there is a good chunk of violence and there's the, the eighties swearing, like at the very end, the turtles go bitching like, like that kind of stuff. It's not like, yeah, it's not dark. It's, it's this whole thing is, silly like there's a whole like you're talking about how silly the opening uh montage was or it's like they they wanted there is this way to show that new york city is rife with crime and so they have this montage of this wallet that keeps getting uh, pocket uh, taken from one thief to the other it's just like all this all this effort all this coordination for just one wallet <laughs> what is it the mayor's wallet i don't know um so so when you walk into one, are you just bracing for disaster or, or are you able to just like turn your brain off and say, okay, it's Ninja Turtles, I, I don't have to give a shit? Yeah, I think I'd be able to enjoy it, except these ones weren't fun enough. Like the thing that made me interested in the first two were the um, costumes slash puppet slash animatronics that Jim Henson made which are, like, really impressive right. that, like, the face is a robot that's being controlled by someone doing all the facial expressions on a machine off camera, but then there's also a person yeah. inside the costume that is able to... It's flexible enough that they're able to, like, do somersaults and flips and... But mm -hmm. also... You got a whole... You've kind of got, like, you know how CG goes through, like, whole... Um, uh, it, it, when when people do CGI, it goes down a whole pipeline. Like first, we gotta have the the models set. Then we gotta do all the texturing, and then all the the shading and lighting and all that uh -huh. stuff. So it's kind of like that, but like with puppetry, where yeah, you start off with 
the um but it's all like all at one time like you have to get it all in the same take um except for the voice acting you put that on later obviously but um you need th- that coordination and that's definitely done really well this was done uh this this was done by then independent film studio new line cinema uh back back at this time they were known mainly for like b movies um not your jerry seinfeld b movies the, the <laughs> schlocky roger corman ones and before blair witch the first uh, ninja turtles movie was the highest grossing independent film of all time huh Wow. And that people actually like producers thought it would be like uh, a box office bomb because of um, uh, Masters of the Universe. That was a big flop. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So as far as characters go, there's the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Are, they're all just one character. I mean, they do have different personalities, but they're still just as a yeah. group so annoying that <laughs> I I I think the uh, sparingly we need to be sparing with the turtles <laughs> sometimes. I like, um, and I get that they're teenagers, but the movie really wants us to know that they're teenagers. As if the title doesn't tell us already, they have to make sure that right. every single thing that they say and do somehow sends the message, hey, these are teenage mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> these aren't your geriatric ninja turtles. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys make Bill and Ted seem <laughs> like Shakespeare professors. <laughs> um, which I guess they kind of would be in, in this in the film. Anyway. And, and um, a lot of their jabs just uh, like are just like, you can tell the writer was just sitting there being like, okay, we got to think of something somewhat witty for them to what say. What do the teens say? So they're like, isn't it like, that's like Wayne Gretzky on steroids. And I'm like, isn't Wayne Gretzky already <laughs> impressive enough? <laughs> no, they got to, it's got to have that uh, emphasis, you know, exaggeration. Um, yeah. The turtles, uh, at least in this one, they, they don't really zero in on like any like character arcs or anything. Um, the first, I think like the only, in, in the whole trilogy, like Raph and Leo are the only ones that get really much dimension or, or any kind of a story. Like Raph is really hot headed uh-huh. and Leo is the leader. So he has a lot of the, um, he has a bit more of the emotional weight than the other turtles. Um, uh, as the theme song illustrates, um, Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines, Raphael is cool but crude, and Michelangelo is a party dude. So they didn't feel the need to explain any of that. <laughs> um, I think I think the I think the rationale in, in the writing of this movie and the whole trilogy is that the kids are the ones were we're making this movie for they know the turtles we don't have to do any hard work and um i think that's maybe what they were thinking in terms of budgeting is like we're gonna put all the the time (laughs) towards uh the animatronics developing that rather than a nuanced script and i know this is gonna sound really sacrilegious ben um but if you want to find a more nuanced 
uh, character-driven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Watch the Michael Bay <laughs> reboots. I'm serious. They actually uh, stick to the turtles' personalities, and they they emphasize that in their in their costume design and how they be, and how they interact with each other. Uh, they are the best part of an otherwise bloated first movie. I actually really like the second one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think the um, TMNT that I grew up on does that, too. Um, but yeah. I think, like, and I get that with this one, it is a kid's movie. But I think if you let your kids watch this movie, if you're a parent, you're a bad parent. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you're the 90s Karen. <laughs> How dare we? You're that. You're that guy that's like, how dare we let these children watch Pokemon? These sa- not, satanic creatures. I'm not saying because it like, <laughs> of like there the Rotten Tomatoes consensus even says something about of I think the second one about how it's weird that you know I'm just gonna pull up what it actually says. Okay, so it says. Not only is the movie's juvenile dialogue unbearable for adults, but the turtles' mopey and casual attitude towards physical violence makes them poor kids' role models. That's the critics' consensus of the uh. second one. Um, so it's saying the casual attitude towards violence makes them bad role models. And when I'm saying you shouldn't show your kids this movie, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying... It's just not – there's better things, not, like, more righteous things. There's just things that are more enjoyable. You, you're you striking a Mr. Rogers chord here. See, but I don't even mean, like, good no. morals, just, like, stuff that's put together better. Right. Just, like I, – I, I suppose this – I think this would, like, that's probably part of why Michael Bay – is attached to both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers is that they are commercials. Mm-hmm. It's they're there to, to sell toys. Like I have and... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys in the same room as I'm in right now. <laughs> so what you're saying is you still play with them on a daily basis. Uh, no comment. <laughs> No comment is always a comment. Um, I I think for this, it's like, for, for, nin- for the Ninja Turtles, it's interesting that it's the second one that got that uh, reception. Right. Because uh, from what I've seen it, is that they tried to tone down the violence in the second one. They did, yeah. Um, they did. Yeah, they don't use their weapons as they're, nearly as much. It's they don't lot of use bare, them at all. They're fisted. They're holding them through the entire movie, but they never use them. No, there is a scene though where he pulls out his the the like the bow staff or his sword and and he like whacks a guy on the head with it or something. Uh, but then it's and then and then it moves on right away. There's a lot of casual sexism. And, um, and f- fat shaming in these Casey movies. Casey is the worst. I mean, not not a lot. Yeah, Casey Jones is a fucking And I was like, asshole. oh, cool, he's not in the second one. And then they brought him back in the third one because I guess people missed him. Like, I was like, as soon as he walked in, I'm like, oh, come on, no. 
And there's not even a mention of him in the second one. Yeah. Like, he gets with April. Like, the entire movie, he's, like, preying on April. And then at the end, she's like... And she seems... I know, Just and kiss me. it's like, no, don't let, don't give yourself over to this guy. Because other than that, like, April's mostly a pretty decent character. And then she's just, like, falling at the feet of this predator at the end. And... Yeah, like, he... They, they, when they go to that cottage, um, he sees, like, she had... Casey sees that April has, like, a bit of bit of uh neck pain and so he just immediately starts rubbing her shoulders and then just like pushes her down into a chair and starts giving her a neck yeah. massage yeah and then you you and then you talked about how um uh he's not in the second one that's such a relief but like the guy they have to replace oh, him he's awful um he's he's pretty awful too like his first scene he he's hit, hits on this trio of girls yeah. And then they reject yeah, him. Yeah, so and then she's he's... like, he he's like, hey, you want to ride on this like motorcycle with these delivering pizza on? And they're like, in your dreams. And he goes, well, if I dreamed about you, you'd be thinner. Yeah, that's our intro to the character, <laughs> who is like, who we're I think supposed to like, but I think yeah, well, he's he's supposed to be the the. Uh, substitute for for casey jones i'm not sure why he wasn't in the second one i didn't miss him obviously but um yeah and then otherwise he's a he's a fun character it's well, just that one scene it feels like it feels like I feel like, like it, it it feels like that one scene in in uh back to the future that one deleted scene in back to the future where um marty has to chloroform or or um yeah, he has to he has to chloroform George McFly <laughs> after he tells him he's gonna melt his brain. <laughs> they cut that out because it was uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Um, like, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a fine character for the rest of the movie. Like, it feels like the director was giving him directions all the time, where he's like, "Okay, I want you to do an impression of a squeaky toy." That's just like on its last reminded, breath. I was I was wondering like, is this the guy that voices Max in a Goofy movie? <laughs> That's what he sounded like to me. Um, he I know that he, um, I mentioned this to you. He was um, the stunt double for Donnie in the first one, and they they liked him so much they brought him in for this one. Um, f- fine martial artist um, does a lot of cool stunts. Um, that's, that's the thing I like. Another thing I like about the first two is, is that there is, um, some decent footwork done. Um, it does get really silly in the second one in turtle suits. Yeah. But also like, uh, like apart from that, the other, the other, uh, stunt performers too. Um, yeah, yeah. Being in turtle suits just, just makes it more impressive when it actually looks good. And then you get to three and it's just total shit. And there's like robot wiring around your head and your head's in there. Yeah. Yeah, you have to wonder just how how many times they they uh, do the punch wrong and just whack the, <laughs> the animatronic right in the eye. It's like, oh, well, there's <laughs> another there eighteen a, weeks. There was a sixty minutes interview about like the costumes with one of the stunt doubles, and he talks about how when you start sweating, it's like it doesn't stop because sweat doesn't evaporate. 
when you're in a turtle suit. It's, there's no air for it to evaporate. <laughs> so it gets absorbed in because the suit is like a giant sponge, and then it gets heavy, and you're wearing like this 70-pound turtle sponge doing flips. So I'm really impressed with the stunt performers in this movie. Right. Yeah, in the first in the first two. Yeah. Um, there's There's a lot of... I, I think I, that's what I like about the second one uh, more than the first is that uh, there's a lot more energy to it. It gets exhausting in the the third act, but um, I, I liked that um, there is a greater sense of a plot in the second one yeah. with how they're trying to discover the mystery of their origins, the secret of the ooze. Um, the first one is really just turtles, 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 um, and it's not very offensive um in a in in an entertainment way maybe it's offensive <laughs> in in the sexual harassment and kind of splinter way. is doing a very racist stereotypical asian accent true true we're calling a rat racist okay <laughs> that's yeah and that gets us into the third one which is a very racist movie <laughs> goes back to um is imperial japan hmm. although first i want to talk about april because she changes in okay. the third movie like well she's a different actor in the second and third than she was in the first um right but i thought when she and like, the she, third, I'm she like loses... oh is that a new actress but it was the same actress in the second <laughs> i know it was just the hair i think yes well they and she comes in so the first two, she's like, she, well, she's a news reporter by her job. So she's dressed like a 90s news reporter. She's got like the long hair that's like curly, but still professional. And she's wearing like, um, like button ups and stuff like that. Like she's like a strong, independent woman news reporter. Um, and then in the third one, she comes in with like the like shorter curly hair uh, she's wearing like a leather jacket and jeans. And I was like, okay, I guess they decided to change the look of her character. And then I figured out the reason why was so that when she goes back in time and then the guy who's in Japan 1603 switches into now and then he's wearing her clothes and she's wearing his clothes, it's so that he can be wearing clothes that look good on him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So he switches into her clothes, and he's wearing, like, a leather jacket and jeans, and he still right. looks cool. So it's the patriarchy. That's that's <laughs> April has succumbed to the patriarchy. And then they use that for a very juvenile joke where they're like, how did you get into April's pants? Oh, my God. I missed that joke. <laughs> oh, God. It was a very... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah was... yikes. Well, with this, um, I I don't know much about, like, April's nuanced character in any of the other, um, other, um, other incarnations of Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles. But as far as I'm concerned, she is there for very specific reasons. One, to be the uh, everyman that the Turtles and Splinter get to explain... Uh, their origins too, and two, to prove that these aren't your, to prove that these aren't gay turtles, we wouldn't want <laughs> that now, would we? Um, oh, 
speaking of that, in the first one, there's a moment where um, Kate, where someone says to Casey, "What's the word?" They say, "Um, so this Casey's like in the sewers and he's getting nervous. He's like, can I not get out of here?'" And they're like, "Oh, are you claustrophobic?" And Casey's like, "What? I've never even looked at another man." So I guess Casey thinks claustrophobic means gay because then they explain to him what claustrophobic no, means. No, obviously it means you're afraid of Santa Claus. Idiot. <laughs> SpongeBob reference. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess Casey's just a homophobic idiot I, and a misogynist. I think he's just an idiot. <laughs> Is that? Did they just go back in time so that it could be okay to be racist? Like you can say, it feels like I, that. like it, because it's outdated. It's like every, everyone keeps calling our our splinter uh, splinter's voice like an outdated racist stereotype. And then um, let's just <laughs> set the whole movie in an outdated setting so that it's completely okay. Well, my first, well, after the opening where it's like they're riding horses in that like, first shot was kind of beautiful sunset. The very first shot of the movie is, is beautiful. It was, but I'm like, but I'm also like, oh, very stereotypical of Japan. Okay. And then after, and then I'm like, okay, stereotypical Japan opening. And then like later on, April is, she's like, hey, I brought stuff for you all that I picked up at the flea market. And then for Splinter, she pulls out this staff with like a lantern on it. And she's like, here, I picked this out for splits for Splinter. And they're like, what is it? And she's like, I don't know. It's some sort of antique. Some, I think it's Japanese. <laughs> Which, first of all... How do you know that? Like, explain. Explain why it's Japanese, April. Like, what? Give us a history lesson on, the, on, on Japanese culture, if you know so much about it. And why did she just, like... Did she, was she just like, I, I got to get something for Splinter. Um, sure, this lantern thing. He'll like this. <laughs> Let's get something Asian <laughs> for the Asian rat. Also, why is Splinter Asian? That's got to be a slur right there. I, because did the ninjas... like, ooze chemicals? Did, is... No, he was trained. His, his, his trainer or his master was Master Yoshi, um, who was... I believe Japanese. Okay. Like that's where he comes from. So and then if he's the um, Ninja Turtles master, shouldn't that then pass on to them? I, uh, <laughs> you can also poke holes in how like we get the explanation of the turtles. Like they go into the ooze and they become ninjas uh, eat pizza and stuff. Uh, but, but how does splinter know how to mimic his master's moves like did he like this was before the ooze right? right like he had to learn that stuff just as a regular rat which maybe that's just seeping into the whole uh asian stereotype of of asia is magic and all that stuff um so yeah this these characters were written by two comic book artists that were uh getting high on their <laughs> beanbag couches in new york um yeah and there's so many like jokes that aren't like there's a lot of jokes that just come off very racist in the third one as well like when they say um mitz or when they mention the character mitsu and then one of the ninja turtles is like mitsu and then they're like yes mitsu and it's like really they're trying 
they're trying for the like fish out of water kind of stuff. It's kind of like um, it's interesting because the first two uh, feel very similar to me, and then this one feels like a very different movie. Uh, it reminds me of the Evil Dead trilogy, not in terms of quality, just in terms <laughs> of how in the first the first two are very similar, um, and then the third one Ash goes back in time to fake. <laughs> Uh, med- medieval times and it's the same kind of setup where you have a modern day character interacting with with archaic characters um that one knew knew just how to how to play the jokes where it was um not offensive but i guess because medieval times doesn't have like like any m- minority groups to insult right um yeah so <laughs> I, th- I did like, this, um, but also yeah. didn't like at the same time, was when they first travel back and they, like, suddenly are on horses. And they're like, how do you steer this thing? Do, don't these things ever run out of gas? Like, do they not right. know what horses are? Like, we still have horses <laughs> today. And I get that they live in sewers in New York City. But you'd think they would know what horses are. Like, they don't seem to be that dumb. Probably not. Probably not. Like, well, the the NYPD like, has are, like the horse patrol things, where like NYPD officers ride around on horses. Okay, okay. Well, I didn't see many horses in the first two movies, so I'm just going to assume these guys haven't either. Uh, but I don't know. This is like, um, yeah. E- even that's just just a pretty juvenile joke. A lot of this is is juvenile so i kind of like just have to take it for what it is but it just gets really really grating in the third one i'm just i just tuned out there is like as if it wasn't if it wasn't obnoxious it was boring that's the thing with the third one for me i found it was it was bad enough that i could just like laugh at how absurd and like messed up and twisted that movie was like i that was me with the second one. Yeah, like especially especially when they uh, crash into that nightclub with Vanilla Ice performing, <laughs> and then immediately they're like, "Whoa, these these guys are pretty cool." Right. I one, th- two, three, and then and then and then Vanilla Ice has this whole ninja rap <laughs> yeah. ready to go. It's like, oh, the Ninja Turtles are here, so let's get going. And then they, and then after the big fight, the turtles just get up on stage and just start dancing. It's like the movie does not give a shit. Yeah, and I'm, I was kind of on board with it at that point. Right. Um. I guess it's probably just because I cl- went for that walk and just like cleared my head and got myself in the right <laughs> space that I was able to be more aware of what was happening in the third movie because the second one was where i was just like completely zoned out like i like i stared at the screen for the entire time like i never like looked at my phone (laughs) or anything like that but i still was just like i don't know what's happening it's it was like when you're sometimes when if i'm reading something i'll catch myself where it's like oh i have no idea what i've read in the last five pages it was like that (laughs) but like watching a movie being like i'm still watching this thing but i have no idea what's happening just because I was so you're saying you're saying that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Secret of the Ooze is comparable 
to cram- cramming for your exams. Yeah, except that has a uh, will has a value. Yeah, that will benefit it. you if you do it well. <laughs> Cramming's only bad if you don't do it well. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, what else is there to talk about? There is it? one joke in the third one that I liked. It's probably not that great of a joke, but when they, like, all, like, wipe out and, like, s- like f- fall over in the pond, and then one of them's like, I thought I – I think I just ate a frog. I hope it's not an ancestor. <laughs> so, yeah. Revisiting the first is, like, okay, I can see the appeal. Um but I think I really gravitated towards the second one with just how much energy it has and how there is a improvement in the animatronics. That's really the, the thing that I get hooked on with these movies. Uh-huh. And then the third one just is just a big pile of shit. <laughs> yes, the third uh, one, there's... Longest 95 minutes of my life. Well, there's a line in the third one where he says, um, just before they kill the main villain and it's one of those the bad guy realizes he's about to lose lines and he says what kind of demons are you and they say we're turtles friends of the mutant ninja variety sleazeball that's what kind of movie the third one is (laughs) and the sleazeball just comes out of nowhere sleazeball it's like as if it's a punctuation mark or an exclamation mark like sleazeball end of sentence boom Splinter at the very end goes, I made a funny. Um, when he, when he does that same thing in the third one, I'm just like, Oh, thank God. It's almost over. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like when you hear the same song from the beginning of a musical at the end, right. Like, oh, it's almost over. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and then they have the audacity to keep the movie going over the credits. I hate that. I hate that so much and, in movies. And it's, it's so like, it's over. I, and I feel like what that is is they're like, okay, we gotta. There's almost like a debate: should we end it here or not? Well, let's roll the credits, but keep it oh. going. That way, we're both happy. Because usually, yeah, bad well, movies are about compromise. Usually, it's one side wants to make one kind of movie, another person wants to make another kind of movie. Like director wants the movie to be made a certain way, producer wants it to be made another way. And they end up compromising and kind of meeting in the middle. And then you end up not having either kind of vision is what usually happens in bad movies. I think with this, it was a compromise of, of technology. Like we don't have Jim Henson. We don't have the, the same team. The budget is um, smaller than the, the first two um, the, or the budget is smaller than the last one. So a lot of cut corners, like, and there's just so much ADR with the turtles, um, with all, all their lines, and you can well, they're see they're all ADR that they, oh, <laughs> true, true, but it, but like, those aren't actual talking I know. turtles. I <sighs> next thing you say, the Easter Bunny isn't real. No, he is. <laughs> um. Oh, thank God. Something to believe. How else does chocolate get here every Easter Sunday? Exactly. My parents, they live in Dorchester. (laughs) Um. I always go to bed before my parents anyways. They don't. Anyways, remember to 
Wash your hands. And watch your movies. And eat your pizza. Cowabunga. Thank you.